I Feel Professional Solutions is one of my favorite recruitment agencies in the world. So I'm delighted to be joined by Liam Thomas, CEO and co-founder of Highfield. He's gonna share the lessons he's learned over the years since he set it up with his business partner, Sam. Some of the highs, some of the lows, some of the things he might do differently, some of the things he would never have done differently. Uh, why he believes that actually they can truly become the uh, most trusted recruitment agency in the world and what they're doing about it. And uh, I think they're a really special business who are putting the experiences of employees and customers right at the heart of what they're doing. And that's why they're as successful as they are. Really fascinating insights from them. Right, a very warm welcome on to the TRM podcast to Liam Thomas. Liam, welcome. Thank you, Gordon. Good to be here. Very good to have you. Uh, for those who don't know, Liam is the uh, co-founder and CEO of Highfield Professional Solutions and more recently Data X Connect. We'll talk about that in a bit. He's a uh, fanatical Southampton supporter. <laughs> and, and follower on LinkedIn of Gary Neville, but we'll come back to that a little bit later, uh, just to understand that connection. Um, Liam, uh, can we um, just, I want to go back to 2006 when you founded your business. Uh, so that's getting on for 16 years now. Um, yeah, we just had our 15th anniversary, yeah. 15, so, so what are the big, um, A, what, what, said, let's, what made you say let's go for it? And what were some of the big, big milestones along the route? I think just so it's my 20th year in recruitment now and the first five or so of those were spent at PLC uh went on the, the journey with them for the, the short amount of time I was there and saw the culture change and grow into a uh, a listed business so for me it was all about culture and wanting to work in a business with a culture that I loved and uh, that was kind of the go-to moment really thinking actually I'm really fanatical about being somewhere that I love and that's got a brilliant culture. Brilliant and when you think back to the, over the year over the years then I mean what were the key moments that you kind of think okay that was a step change for us as a business to take it forward to the next level? I think plenty you know firstly starting off as a, a business as two 25 year olds and actually thinking we haven't got a clue what we're doing we know how to fill jobs we know very little else and uh understanding that was certainly a very steep learning curve uh next milestone was probably the the, the credit crunch 2008-2009 uh we were predominantly uk based then or only uk based and it was like somebody turned off a, a tap onto all our vacancies we'd never recruited in a recession before having started in 2002 so that was a a massive learning curve, certainly. Uh, spreading our risks, expanding overseas for the next few years really built the, the foundation of success for the business and gave us a diversity to, to weather things like COVID as well. Did, did you uh, go through um, Did you go through phases um, such as, uh, okay, you know, after you and Sam set it up, is it, was there a, okay, we've got this, I think we can do something here and make it work? Or, you know, was was the move to your first office a big, a, a big sort of milestone? Or what's on the journey to the business you are today sort of size wise and then uh, what was the big big trigger points for you there well firstly i don't think there was ever a point where we ever thought we've got this i don't think <laughs> ever, i don't think there will ever be a point where we're not uh you know we're not slightly discontent with what we're doing but there are certainly some key milestones along the way changing offices obviously a huge step and 
you know, actually employing people on proper employment contracts. Uh, but I think probably the biggest change was, was moving into the offices we are now. We're, we're very blessed to have 7,500 square feet in the middle of the countryside. It's a great space for us all to work in. And I think when we moved into those uh, offices, it kind of felt, you know, we'd found our home and we had some facilities to, to match what our company was about from the, uh, the slightly rough and ready premises we were there before. It was something tangible made it seem, we were still the same business for the same people, but yeah. having those tangible offices made us maybe feel like we'd arrived in, in some sense. I, I do remember the old offices, um, very, very different from those that great place you got today. Um, so uh, okay, and, and and just in terms of of, of you, I mean, I, I I first met you in I think twenty sixteen, or there or thereabouts. You've always had a sort of insatiable hunger for learning, and just you're a, you're a curious person. But I was quite interested. Were you were you always curious? Because even though even though you do some some stuff beautifully in your business and and you challenge yourself all the, all the time. You still, I, I, I notice, very hungry to learn and very curious about what other people are doing, sort of almost irrespective of whether they're brilliant businesses or, or not. Where, where did that come yeah. from? School. How about school? <laughs> I don't know, really. I think starting the business was, was certainly a learning curve and it was just amazing. You know, you, you don't know what you don't know, but the amount we didn't know was truly phenomenal. And uh, from being very, very good, uh, just as recruiters I think recruiters are quite well looked after particularly in big companies where yeah. they don't understand what the rest of the operation does so we were perhaps had a, a little bit of the arrogance of youth between us when we were 25 thinking we maybe knew a little bit more than we did soon found out that certainly wasn't the case so we noted that learning from other people who've not only done things before but made the mistakes that we could try and avoid we were going to propel ourselves further that much quicker so yeah we've always we were always very open-minded and, and keen to absorb knowledge from as many people as we can i think if you ever get to a point where you don't think you can learn from other people then you know you, you probably should hang up your boots maybe because I think there's always someone to learn from, from nearly everyone if you're speaking to the right people yeah definitely it's definitely one of the of the most successful entrepreneurs generally across multiple sectors i've worked with it's definitely the uh, they all have this curious curiosity and hunger to learn from 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 different people in different industries. Um, how how and, and and the other thing that's quite interesting for me about your business is that that culture of learning seems to be instilled in the business as well. Um, how did how did that happen? Because because that's you know one again a trait of the most successful business. If you can if you can extend that learning throughout the whole team and everybody's got it. How, how did that sort of evolve? You know, I think as business leaders, we, we have to role model what we want everyone else to be within the business. Mm. If if we're open, humble, and you know, we're we're willing to accept our own failures, our own shortcomings, and look to ways we can try and improve them, it sets the tone for everyone else to follow. Mm. And if you've got that, you know, vulnerability is not something I'm brilliant at, but I work hard on it. And if you have that culture of people not being afraid to try new things and fail within a business, mm. then your business is going to be a lot more successful. But I do think it's got to come from the top. If, if those at the top are, you know, pretending they know everything, they have all the answers, mm. then it's very difficult for people in that environment to, to do anything differently. So, you know, as anyone who's worked with me will tell you, I certainly don't have all the answers, but I'm not afraid to, to speak to good people who might know them and uh, help try and implement them in our business. Yeah. And if you, if you, um, 
sort of 15 years later, knowing what you know now, what do you, what for you are the things that are underpin the success of your business? Because whatever metric I look at, you've got a great business, um, both in terms of size, reputation, culture, um, financial performance. What, what do you, what do you, as you reflect back on, on, on the business that you've got today, what do you think of the, some of the underpinning principles that uh, mean you've got the business you have today? For, for us, it's all about trust. Uh, trust is a word we, we talk about a lot in our business. Uh, yeah, we're relentlessly obsessed with, with being the most trusted business. But I think that first, you have to get your own house in order uh, yeah. before you can start preaching that with your, with your customers. So we're always relentlessly focused on making sure that, you know, myself, the leadership team and all of our colleagues uh, are trusted by one another. Uh, we did a, a survey actually that you guys ran for us in January and every person completed it. It's completely anonymous and 100% of people within the organisation said they trusted the leadership team, which for me was just phenomenal. It's one mm. of the best sort of results of, of work that we've actively focused on, mm. we've ever had and something we're very proud on. The challenge is that 100% can only go one way next year. So we've got to <laughs> do very well to maintain it. But I think, you know, we've always looked at a culture of trust in our business and then trying to build that with our, our customers as well. But we, we're in a good place internally with it now. It's just making sure we're doing the best we can in terms of customer service and looking after our customers to build it externally as well. And you, but you've always been, you know, ever since I met you, you've always been very, very focused on customer and the experience. Where, where did the, the almost laser-like focus on trust come from? Because when I first met you, you had a great business, looking after your customers that was that was you know one, one of your sort of core values and it was in your dna but you you've really honed it down over the years and saying right trust above everything else if we could be the most trusted recruiter in our space in the world happy days where, where did that narrowing down and focus come from i think a big part of it was the the, the great opportunities that the first lockdown gave us was a, a big part of it i was maybe like everyone scratching my head wondering if there'll still be a business at the end of it and uh one side uh drunk through all the red wine in the house and the panic had uh, sort of gone away uh i just started speaking to all of our customers as, as much as possible so it was back-to-back -back zoom meetings all day with our clients and asking them you know what what do they like about us what do they like about the sector yeah. what's good about recruiters what's good about other businesses you deal with that aren't recruitment and I guess the opportunity that was there was was something based around trust. Uh, there isn't a built-in lack of trust in our, in, there isn't a built-in amount of trust in our sector. And I think if you can really work hard on obsessing about the customer experience and the service that you give our customers, mm. the opportunity to build trust with, with everybody, and I'm not just talking about the people you help, but the, the candidates you don't help as well. You want them to trust your brand as much as anyone yeah. else. I think it's just such a massive opportunity in our sector and a genuine USP. And we all struggle to find what's different about our business than the next business. We, we place people at the end of the day, so we're doing a very similar thing. But it, it's that level of trust that I feel can set us yeah. apart from people who are doing a similar business. Yeah. And I, one of the things I love about what you've done is the uh, some of the great businesses I've worked with and got involved with and just observed is that they, they, they almost make it simple. And, and actually, if you simplify it down to trust, everything else can flow from that in terms of quality of the experience and the culture and, and everything else. Um, 
No, I love it. Um, anything else do you think under is, you know, this this focus on trusted relationships with colleagues and, and customers and clients and candidates? Anything else that sort of has underpinned your business or, or, or that you just wouldn't compromise moving forward? Being a, being a fantastic place to work. Uh, you know, I've got a bit of a, a idea in the back of my head at the moment. I think we're a good place to work at the moment. Yeah. I think people like coming, you know, they tell us they like coming to work, which is good but it doesn't quite feel enough for me at the moment. So I want people to love coming to work and it might sound a bit of a stretch, but we're not, we're not there yet. But I think being a fantastic place to work and have people really, really loving you know, every minute of what they're doing at work, you're going to take that whole customer experience to a new level. So seeing the journey of, of people's careers and enjoying them coming to work, certainly something I'd never compromise on. Okay. And is that is that you know you've you've just moved to a, a four day week for example, yes. Which, which is uh, how's that been? Yeah, touch wood, it's going very very well. Uh, still continuing continuously slightly nervous and making sure we're being relentless Monday to Thursday to to keep it going well. But you know you you can't you can't lie with the results. The figures are excellent. You know the customer yeah. feedback scores are still very very good engagement and retention are through the roof so the signs are very positive at the moment but uh we haven't quite completed 12 months maybe when we're five years into it i might call it a, a success yeah but but you, you you clearly in your mind and i know i know you sort of naturally uh continues trying to improve you you, you know that you, you're a, you're a good or very good employer but you you're still striving for the next level are you? well i think so because everybody else catches up uh we were a fairly early adopter of you know things like the four-day week and things that we trial in our business mm. but if you stand still other people won't fight, won't be far behind so mm. i think you've got to be constantly paranoid and making sure you're you're looking for the next thing and how can you get people more engaged not just with four-day weeks but making people genuinely love their job what other measures is it that people are looking for you know do people genuinely have a good friend at work all those kind of little things what areas can we improve and just make it a, a better experience all round. So I, I don't think it will be ever something that we stop trying to continuously improve. Are there any employers in recruitment or beyond that you particularly rate or recognise or respect? Yeah, there's a, there's a few. I love the you know there's the the classics like uh, you know the Net, Netflix playbook. Uh, that's always a good one that I refer back to. Uh, but there's many, there's, there's big and small businesses that are, I think do things really, really well. Uh, I often try and look outside of recruitment for inspiration. Uh, in recruitment, I think people quite often will look internally at other recruitment businesses and try and look what they're doing. But for me, I'd like to get inspired by lots of other big businesses and uh, from, from outside the sector, uh, to be honest. You and I are still do a little tour, aren't we? Little, uh, I think so. I think we need to get that in the diary. We're just going to do a tour of non-recruitment businesses and uh, that do things in a, in a world-class way. Um, so it, going back again, if you um, a couple of things that you might have done differently if you think about the journey that you've, uh, you've gone through? Uh, I think when we started, we, we tried to do everything. Uh, certainly, we, we didn't focus on our strengths necessarily because we thought, wow, we're we're business owners now. We should be we should be the best at everything. In reality, we were very good at what we're good at. But you know, certainly myself tried to wear too many different hats and not focus just on you know that our real strengths. So 
yeah, going back, it would be bringing in people who are better than myself into different roles sooner. Uh, and, and certainly understanding that the quality of, and the success of the business will all be down to, you know, making sure you bring the right people in and get them in the right seats. Um, and the, um, and the, when you look at your business now, what you're most proud of is what? Well, that's a good question. I think you, you tend to naturally go to things like awards and, they're nice. It's nice to get the external recognition, some of the, the awards that we've won over the years. But for me, what I, I genuinely get proud of, what excites me is seeing the development of people and people's careers progressing and people joining us, living with their parents and then buying their first properties, maybe buying further properties, getting married, you know, reaching high levels within the company. I think that career development and seeing them progress, not just as recruiters, but as individuals as well and the opportunities that, that working in the sector gives them is, is just massively rewarding for me and something that I think I'll always get a real buzz from. Love it, love it, fantastic. And and uh, Data Connect, um, you you were going nicely down the, in the built environment sector and then you went, okay, Data X Connect. Um, <laughs> where did that come from and, uh, and uh, how's that going? Yeah, I think, again, it's one of those that came out of uh, conversations with clients in, in lockdown, uh, out of the feedback. Yeah, clients had more time and they were really open to giving us, you know, some fairly hefty constructive uh, feedback. And one of the things are, you know, you, you speak about being niche as a business, but you're just not. Mm. The data center sector is quite, quite specific. And the feedback from our clients was when they were looking at us, we were a jack of all trades. Yeah. So the market was really, really crying out for something bespoke and the competition in the market, we looked at it and we felt that we could do a better job. So out of the feedback from our customers, the, the new brand was born and yeah, it's going, going great strengths where, you know, we're placing people in APAC, the States, all over Europe, uh, some really, really good business. And at the moment we're having to turn down business because Brilliant. we don't have the, the capacity to, for delivery at the moment to deliver at the quality level that we want to deliver at. So yeah, it's going really well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, just launching that, not a new business because it's all part, part of the group, but, but launching that, that from scratch and blank bit of paper, was that, was that more fun second time around effectively when you take, when you're really going after a new market? Or was it a different experience? It was different. It was, we were very, very clear, uh, you know, strategy was a word that two 25-year-old contract recruiters probably weren't that familiar with, to be honest. It was, uh, let's fill as many jobs as we can. But, yeah. you know, with, with a few more, a few more war wounds and a few more grey hairs, we, we had a bit of a, a strategy around building yeah. it. The, the turnaround time was phenomenal from the resource we had internally. We turned yeah. around the new brand very, very quickly and launched it out to the market. But that was really based on listening to our customers. So the, the greatest advantage was, was understanding what was the need in the market, what were our customers asking for, mm. and then putting something together that, that reflected that. And that was probably the biggest learn that we didn't get the opportunity to do 15 years ago. Yeah, no. It, it, I mean, it, you obviously had resources that you didn't have 15 years ago. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and you had a lot of um, experiences that you'd learn from. Um, yeah, but but you know, it, it, looking at it from from the outside, it did feel like a um, a really strong um, launch for brand. 
but 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 interestingly, the way that you talk about, we just did more research than most people will do, possibly when they're when they're launching a new business, um, yeah. which which I think is quite quite interesting. Um, okay, love it. Um, last year, you um, uh, you lost your business partner Sam Hughes, who you co-founded the bit business with, tragically after a long illness. I think many people might be aware of. How how did how has that changed your perspective of um, running a business and and the way that business fits in with uh, life and everything else. Yeah, I think it was probably not just, you know, losing Sam last year, but all the time he was ill as well. It's yeah. it making sure that like, we really get to enjoy what we do. One of the things that, you know, Sam and I were guilty of massively, both of us, was being hugely focused on the, the end destination. Uh, we all thought it was, you know, we're, we're working, working, working very hard. Both of us probably work far too hard at the time because you need to, to get a business off the ground. Mm. But it, we're always thinking about, you know, what, what's the end result? And mm. actually, the, the biggest learning out of all of it is to love what you do every single day. I think mm. that's probably the, the most important thing that's come out of all the time Sam was ill and losing him last year is to, if you're not enjoying the journey, you, the end yeah. result's not going to be any better for you. So, being really focused on again what what are you good at and what do you enjoy doing create that role for yourself in in our own businesses because sometimes i think as leaders we can be a bit selfless and try and fit in and adapt where really we can we can shape the business by bringing in the right people to support us to end up with the day-to-day -day role that is something we genuinely enjoy and and I'm, and, it, and i think it's absolutely uh you know when i saw that um josie was coming to join the business um i thought that was just just very special and very unique obviously she there was nothing sentimental about the appointment she'd um, had a phenomenally successful career um in recruitment already so but 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 equally that must be very special to to have her in the business um after what she's been through and, and you've been through definitely again and you know you mentioned the word sentiment and there obviously is layers of sentiment behind it but already you know being a case of you don't know what you don't know i'm 15 years in sort of thought i knew i knew some of it but already having someone like josie come on board you yeah. realize how how much you don't know so it's really nice to be able to add you know people who've obviously got a huge sentimental attachment to the business but also are able to come in and really make an impact because of mm. the quality they have as well so yeah. yeah it's been it's been lovely you've made you've made a lot of um um strategic hires in the last last couple of years is, is that a uh, is that with your eye on the future or is that uh recognition about what you're good at and some of the gaps potentially across the leadership team or a bit of both yeah i think you know with with sam's illness as well the, the business had slightly had the handbrake on you know what we wanted to one of our key priorities was to main remain particularly profitable and yeah. uh, made sure we had funds to, to weather out any storms which was lucky with uh, with covid coming along and we did do a good job of that but you know we, we decided that the time was to really invest in the, the right strategic hires to uh, to take that growth onto another level and yeah. the beautiful thing about having a really clear set of vision and, and values already it makes hiring so straightforward because yeah. You, you, you tell people what you're doing. If they want to come on board for the journey, that's great. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't buy into that, then there will be someone who does. So we've been able to be really, really clear and everyone who's come on is aligned really well to what we're trying to achieve as a business. So they all feel like they've been here much longer than they have, which is a great sign. Yeah, and you know, you've been TRM member for about five years now. The, the, 
the way that you've scaled, but equally consolidated, scale, consolidate, scale, consolidate has, has been absolutely fantastic to watch. I think you've built a brilliant, brilliant business. A couple of quick, quick fire questions, just uh, if we can. Um, yeah. If you were giving the 25 year old Liam Thomas a message now, what would it be? Oh, probably similar to the one that I'd give the 40 year old Liam Thomas sitting in front of you now. And it's, <laughs> it's about uh, being patient with your impatience. It's uh, something I struggle with massively and even more so then as a 25 year old, but probably just had less awareness of it. And uh, yeah, it comes back to enjoy what you're doing every day. Don't be in a rush to get anywhere. Make yourself a little bit better than you were last week, last month and uh, enjoy the journey. Love it. One, one sort of leader in life or in business that particularly inspires you? Uh... I think one at the moment I'd probably say uh, I was reading to my daughter about her last night actually it's uh, Melanie Perkins yeah. who found was the founder of Canva yeah so she's one of the uh, the youngest female tech founders uh, I think most people now have, have used Canva or tried to use Canva or at least they're aware of it at some point you know she's a lot younger than I am and what she's achieved uh, from I think, again, I was reading to my daughter about it last night. She had over 100 no's yeah. before she got a yes when she was first looking at investment. So I think she's a, a great role model for the younger generation coming through. But, yeah, she's a, a, a big inspiration and looking what she's achieved at such a young age. So, yeah, enjoy Love reading it. her stuff. Love it. And, and just uh, there's 10 people you follow on LinkedIn. Uh, not follow, but... Um... That, yeah, that you follow. There's some, there's some well-known, you know, Stephen Bartlett's on there, Richard Branson, Simon Sinek, and then Gary Neville. Can I just understand the Gary Neville connection? <laughs> I can't even remember, actually. Does, does he even post that much on LinkedIn? I think uh, he's actually one of those people who, once you get over what he was like as a footballer, uh, does speak a fair bit of sense from time to time. I do enjoy listening to him. He's fairly articulate. I don't agree with everything that he says, but I think a diversity as a, of opinion is uh, is very, very good to listen to. But yeah, I'm not necessarily the world's biggest Gary Neville fan, but I enjoy listening to a variety of opinions, Gordon. <laughs> love it. Um, Liam, it's been brilliant. I absolutely love the business you've built. I'm so excited to see the next few years. Um, Thank you for sharing your thoughts and experience and um, we will see you very soon. Thank you. Take care.